Welcome back to From the Stands Podcast. You are joined today, listening to From the Stands Podcast episode 8 with myself, Sanjisa Monagaza. I'm joined today with my co-podcast on Ben Lubusani. Pepsi, how's it, brother? How are you yourself, brother? No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, guys, we've been away for quite some time. Um, I mean, it's kind of been hectic on the academic side. So, I mean, that's basically the reason why we've been away, but... We are back now, hopefully with more episodes, more consistent episode, and we've got quite a special one today. Um, quite an important one, a chat that we felt that we should have. You know, um, a chat that we've talked about quite a bit. A chat that we've, I think, is is, is a chat that, like, I mean, I, I can't say. It, I can't reiterate myself more enough, but it's a chat that is very important and it's a chat that we is had to, like that has to be had at the mm. end of the day, you know, and um hopefully you guys enjoy it and hopefully we can actually have these chats more or chats that are similar to this, you know, and open up that foreground for for having such chats, you know. Pepsi, can you tell the people what we are here for today? So today we are discussing Black Lives Matter as a movement and we're discussing it, the impact that it has on sports today and what we've seen um, sporting organizations um, do to combat um, Black Lives Matter and to raise awareness um, of the ongoing protests that are happening in America, not, not only in America, but like I feel like it's more of a, it's a global um, movement because in South Africa, we still suffer from the same um, injustices that the Americans um, suffer from. So I think um, it's safe to say that um, today we'll be trying to tackle the matter and try see where we can educate you guys. Um, maybe you don't understand um, the movement and what it stands for, but maybe we can try educate you and we can also try and learn um, from each other today. No, definitely, definitely. And I think that's another, like, that's a big thing about the whole social injustice, um, racism um, issue is that it's all about education at the end of the day because we at our grown age, you know, to a certain extent, we are the person that we are at the end of the day or, like, whoever's listening to this, you are the person that you are based on on how you've grown up and the things that you've been taught growing up, you know. And most of those things have have impacted have impacted your opinions and have impacted the way you go about things and i think that is probably one of the biggest things that is one of the issues around the whole social injustice with racism and inequalities towards black people um to kick everything off basically um i mean i just wanted to start off with lungingidi basically and i think that's where I got the idea about actually having this episode and actually tackling and talking about this issue, you know, within racism within sports. So, for those who don't know, about two weeks back uh, from the time of this recording, um, 
was Lungingi the came out for, for better way of saying it came out and said that the, he feel he feels that the protest should make a stance against racism and they should support Black Lives Matter and he is willing to actually have those conversations amongst his teammates and be on the forefront in terms of educating other people you know about the whole Black Lives Matter issue and you know when he said that and when he released that statement or however it got out from him you know basically he got some backlash he got backlash from mainly i would say i'm um, not only but mainly two former proteas one being Bodja de Bernard and the other one being pat simcox um simcox sorry uh yeah basically they were saying that to him or replying to him saying that no he shouldn't um he shouldn't focus on politics he should just focus on what's happening around the field um the protest shouldn't be standing for something that is politically um that is a political um what's this controversial chat per, for a better way of putting it and it, it all stemmed down for me basically to one thing that was said by pat simmons in saying that was this Black lives don't black black lives shouldn't matter because all lives should matter, you know. And that um what's this? If you are gonna say black lives matter, no, like it should it should be an all lives matter thing and you should be in support for um white farmers who are in his words being butchered and being slaughtered, you know, talking about the like you know i think injustices towards white farmers within south africa the south african space and yeah so basically like pepsi first of all the first question i want to ask you is that like what what are your opinions on the whole like on someone when you say to someone like black lives matter and they like come back to you and say no all lives matter because at the end of the day that's what pat simplex said to like all like replied to lungingiri and saying that lungingiri was saying black lives matter and he came with a reply saying all lives matter like on your opinion what like how is like how, i don't mean like, i don't even know how to, how to ask this question because like i mean it's yeah i i understand what you're trying to, to 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 ask me and like if if i may assume i feel like you're trying to say um what is my stand on um against what he said um yeah basically said, like, yeah what's your stand and how would you react if someone were look, to say to you white lives matter if you were to say black lives matter you know look um us as people need to come to an understanding that um, when we put a spotlight on something, on an injustice um, or something that's wrong, right? We need, to, we need to address that, okay? We need to address that, number one. We can't say, but this. It's like, it's like well, I saw um, on Instagram, um, it's like saying rhinos, rhinos are in danger. Then you say no, but elephants and lions and giraffes, and you know, you know what I'm oh, saying. At the moment, yeah. exactly. At the moment, we're dealing with rhinos, but at the same time, we're dealing with black people. Not that I'm comparing black people to rhinos. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that. <laughs> but, but, but I'm just saying that we need to look at the injustice and we need to look at what the matter is and address it, right? Mm. And 
I feel like with all those people that are saying, but all lives matter, obviously fucking all lives matter, you idiot. <laughs> but right now, we're looking at black lives. Mm. Not every life can matter. You can't say all lives matter, but black lives are not mattering right now. You know mm. what I'm saying? So that's my stand on that. I think you hit a spot on it. Like, I mean, you hit the, he- the the nail on the head in saying that, like, or making that comparison that you did. Because I think that's what people fail to understand with the whole All Lives Matter thing. And that's my opinion in that, is that they fail to understand what Black Lives Matter stands for and what it actually means. And it's not to say that black lives are more important than white lives or more important than Indian lives or more important than Chinese lives or any other lives, you know. It's not to say that they are more important, just that because black lives have been um, put down for so many years in terms of like it's like the inequality isn't there we've seen it in our country with apartheid we've seen it in the united states with many 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 social injustices and protests and people fighting you know like i mean you look at the 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 the, like the likes of the martin luther's the likes of like you know those guys who fought against social injustices like the whole slavery thing within america like and i'm not only speaking about america just to like bombard it or anything like that but like that's like one of the most uh, one of the few countries in the world that have suffered the most i I feel or from what we know and from what we are shown have suffered the most from social injustices as a black person you know and like apartheid for instance is another example like going back to south africa i mean there was segregation there was like i mean the black person was made to feel like they were nothing at the end of the day and that's what black life black lives matter is supposed to it's always meant to do and that's what it's, it's it's its aim is to do is to empower the black person so that they are as equal as a white person so that the opportunities so that the way that Black people are treated mm. in a workplace, in a social place, mm. in yeah. in a sporting place, you know, in, ev- yeah. in, in every sphere that a black man and a white person walk into, they should be treated the same. And that's that's what Black Lives Matter stands for. And from what I understand, that's what that's what it stands for. And if you say all lives matter to me, you're just saying that I don't believe I don't believe that what's this black people have been socially have like there's i I believe that in sorry i'm I'm just trying to paraphrase right now like if you say to me all lives matter you're trying to say that all of the social injustices that black people have suffered over the years over the like centuries you know is 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 really not a thing it's really something that we people are making up and it's really Mm. something that we shouldn't be looking at because everyone at the end of the day is equal type of vibe yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. to me that's what that's yeah. that's basically what you're saying at the end of the and, day you know and to me like um one thing that I've, I've 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 noticed and experienced is that um why people tend to think that racism is me coming up blatantly and saying hey, listen i hate one two three i hate black people i hate indians i hate this i hate that you know they think it's something blatant but it's 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 systematic in a way that it looks down upon black people you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. um it's the same with um a lot of things maybe in rugby because we play rugby together yeah you know what i'm saying um you would say um but sir i think this this is what we're supposed to do but then the the coach doesn't listen to you but when mm-hmm. you tell the white guy to tell the coach 
coach would be like, okay, we're doing that. We're doing you know that. Yes, yes, so yes, it's, yes. It's, one of, it's one of those things. It's more of a systematic type of racism, if I can yeah. say it, because like, um, there are systems in place to put down black people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, that, yeah. and, and, and obviously with our government in South Africa is that um, they've put systems in place to combat Mm. those things in sports such as the quota system and people who don't and like there's a lot of people i'm sure like almost more than half of the rugby the rugby fraternity are against are against quota system but mm. they don't understand the reasoning behind it yeah. not to say that you're not good enough yeah. but we're saying that we're giving equal chances to everyone mm. you know what i'm saying and plus um a national team should represent the demographic of the country yeah you understand yeah so obviously if like england all their players are white that's because the majority of england is white you know yeah. what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. the natives there are white mm. the japanese team all the guys are japanese because they they represent you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. but when you when you see a, a south african team back then and you see just white people you think to yourself you're like how oh, are there any black people and black people are the majority in south africa yeah and and, and, and you 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 think that not a lot of black people actually play rugby, which is not the case. Exactly. Like a it's lot not... of black people play rugby. A lot of pe- black people are within the rugby systems, looking from all age groups, from what's this, from schoolboy level throughout yeah. to national level, at club rugby mm. level, at what's this, a provincial level, all levels. There are there's a huge demographic of black people that are within the sport and. By re- by seeing a, a national side that it doesn't reflect that it will it can easily mm. give off the false impression that not a lot of black people are within the sport. You know, I mean, going back to what you were saying about the whole um, systematic racism thing, I think also it, it also speaks like within like your attitude about how you just carry yourself and how you act. You know, mm. it, it goes mm. back to how you feed onto that systematic racism because like yeah. this is the example that you made about how if I as a black person would go to a coach and make a suggestion and that suggestion would be put down and then if a white person, my white teammate, makes the same suggestion and that's taken upon as, as something that's good i mean that's the attitude of the coach that is feeding into that system and like i mean yeah. as a white as a white player right right or wrong you are also gonna have that you're gonna you're gonna see that 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 like that situation of no man the coach listens to me and doesn't listen to him like i'm yeah. more valuable than him and, him. Yeah. and yeah. like you are gonna make that link that it's based on the color of my skin you know, at the end of the day, you know, fueling, basically, at the end of the day, fueling your race, the racism within you, or that 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 inequality within how you act about how you carry yourself and stuff like that. You know, so yeah, yeah I mean, basically, I've, we've spoken about like what's this racism. We've spoken about the whole Black Lives Matter thing, and ultimately, what we are looking at today is racism within sports you know highlighting that like i mean it's not something that it it, that doesn't happen within our sports like whatever sports that you like that you may follow whether that be football cricket rugby uh formula one basketball whatever you know like racism is within our sports and especially in south africa um what are the few like what's this what are the few incidences that you can speak of from what you went out and found out um, about racism in sports that 
for better way like hit a nerve that like i mean that were hugely significant um i mean i think we can go like one one in terms of the incidences so your first incident can you go about it explain it and and um, my first incident has to be um it has to be all i have to bring it back home so it has to be when um what's his name again um so there was a there, there was a sport um what's it called a super sport sportscaster who went off live yeah television yeah um ashwin Willemsa, there you go mm. so ashwin Willemsa went off live and um he spoke out on it on live tv we're watching this as south africans everyone is watching yes know? and he went off you know he just went off and for me, I feel like I, I understood where he's coming from, like 100%. Because if you look at um, Mallet's, um, 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 what's it called? Um, so before, wait, you, before, before you carry on, can you actually explain the incidents like in more detail so that detail. people can okay, actually okay, understand? Okay, okay. Like people yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, um, the incident was that um, uh, they were on a panel of discussion and they were um, reviewing the game, the post the post match um, review. And um, when Ashwin said something, um, Mallet had to say something. You know, he was always putting down what he said. So basically, he's looking at, he's looking, he's looking down upon what he was saying, yeah. right? And it's it's not like Ashwin was wrong. Ashwin was right, right? Mm. But Mallet just didn't let it rest. So he was busy. So so Ashwin was like. Yeah, but I think the ball um, should have been like this, like this, like that, and like. And then Malice would say, "Yeah, but I don't think it should be like that. Um, I've coached, I've done this, I've done that. You know what I'm saying?" And most of the panel guys, they were white. Obviously, they were side of Malice. Um, so sorry, th- just sorry to cut you off. All there. The other, I think, the other panelist was there was uh, Nas Porter, and then Nas Porter, the, yeah. the anchor of the whole panel was Mutsudisa Mohono. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then. Um, that was happening but it's just sort of that it, it wasn't like blatant like on live tv you wouldn't see that there's some feud or some sort of hostility if you mm. understood right yeah. some sort of hostility on on, on 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 live television and and then Ashwin Willemson just snapped and then he was like listen um i feel like for someone who's played the game for so long um who's experienced everything and has done some coaching um i feel like every time i say something um it has to turn down by Mallet um, Onas Poeta, who played in the segregated days, you know, mm. um, and he, he had a point because he played in the in the transition phase, so he played mm. 2007 and everything. So then, um, yeah, so then from there he walked on. So for me, I felt like I understood where he came from because he even took on Twitter, and he said that um, there's just a lot of racism in rugby. And we don't see it. Obviously, me and you, we play rugby, we know it. But yeah, it's, yeah. Which, you, you know, a lot of us stupid under the rug. Yeah. Um, and he says that there needs to be more transformation in rugby and um, more black coaches, you know, and all that. Which is right, because um, the systems, it, it doesn't help us having black players in rugby. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the systems also have to have black coaches, black staff, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um to show a representation because if if you look at sorry dude like majority of those guys dude there's not even a single black song let's be honest maybe one or two <laughs> okay. but if you look at sorry's board of directors you know what i'm saying so yeah. um yeah that's for me that's one of the 
um, incidences that I've highlighted. Yeah, I mean, just to go back on that incident, you mentioned along the lines about how we've experienced racism within rugby, but we've swept it under the rug. Do you think that that attitude is is like is a problem? And like, where do you, where would you say that that response or that that natural response comes from? Because I feel like it is a natural response. You get to a point where you just just sweep it under the rug, and it's just something that you just take as a as a player. You know, as a black player, you just you're like ah, you know, it's whatever. You know, it's it, it it's it's this guy, it's this it's is this white racist guy? Do you think is it like how like? Is it a big problem that we just sweep it under the rug and, not, and don't do anything and say anything about it? And like, where, where does it stem from and what can we do to be able to like change that attitude within black players, you know? Um, I think with, with black players, first, the, the problem starts when um, there's not, there isn't anywhere to go to. So mm. not anywhere to seek for help. So if your coach is white, and, and he's made the decision and you're trying to go against his judgments you're not going to run to him and tell him um if, if, if in most schools i know the head coach of rugby is usually the head of sports so you don't go to the head of sports because he's the coach you know yeah um the principal will just i don't know the principal is allowed to do on he or she's plate mm. so number one you don't have anywhere to go to to run to and a complaint there isn't a yeah. system in place to be like no actually i'm better than this guy but i'm being sidelined i don't know for what reason but i've been sidelined yeah number two um i feel like as players um as rugby players and like the schools that we that that we usually go to it's it's a thing of like you don't want to fight the system you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. number one you're alone you know and usually with like teenage boys if one is playing and he's black and the other's not playing and he feels like he's being um what's it called discriminated against the other who's playing won't jeopardize his his opportunity of playing just mm. because he wants to side with you because mm. he feels like he's going to sideline as well so i think with those things it's it's very it's, it's, it's very tricky when coming to combat that but it's better in university and professional sports you've got media you've got um um, student representative councils where you can report all these things, you know. Yeah. But in high school and all that, there isn't systems in place to actually report such um, issues. Such issues, yeah. And I think I think that's I think that's like a, a, very, a very sad thing to like I mean to come into terms with because it's very easy for that behavior or that way of thinking to just become norm for you you know because you go through it in high school you can get to a place like for instance at a university level at a professional level provincial or a national level where you experience these these um social injustices against you you know but then you don't speak out because you're not used to speaking out you know because it's become no because you've also not become accustomed to um finding channels to be able to speak out you know you don't like you you, you get to a, you, you may get to a point where you feel like you don't have a voice in itself you know and whatever you may say like it probably will fall on deaf ears and mm. for me i think that's probably one of like the the, the saddest parts about the school like the rugby schooling system within south africa is that it's very as a system it's very it's, it's a very white dominated system it's 
I mean, rugby, and to go back, like, to be honest about it, you know, it, it goes back to the apartheid era. Rugby is, in South Africa, seen as an apartheid sport, and the schools that excel in rugby are usually uh, white-dominated, like, white-dominated schools of, or, like, Afrikaans schools, you know, and those systems within themselves don't, like, don't really allow and don't really empower a black person or empower empower a black um, sports person to be able to speak up against the system, you know. And I think mm. that's that's probably like one of the saddest things because it's very 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 easy to to just take it when you're at a professional level. And I mean, at this moment, we are seeing on social media many professionals who are actually coming out and who are speaking out, you know, about their experiences and I can. I can mean, for instance, Lonabo Totobe. Lonabo Totobe has been speaking out, has been going to Twitter and speaking out very, um, like a lot about, like the, the, the like the the incidences that he has experienced over his career. You know, I mean, I think there was, I think there was an incident. Like, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure about this, but I saw a tweet along the lines of um, him and this other player were. I think they had a disciplinary hearing in at the Warriors setup in um, what's this? in port elizabeth within the mm-hmm. franchise which in the franchise setup and he like he had he they both had disciplinary hearings for speaking closer amongst themselves within like the team you know but then white white people who were speaking afrikaans, afrikaans yeah. it wasn't an issue you know yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's and like i yeah. mean like at the time he probably couldn't like he didn't have an avenue to speak about like to speak out against you know even going back to what you were saying that you don't like you also don't have people higher up to be able to go to and express your feelings and stuff like that you know even the power of social media at the moment is, has done a lot um for me my first social incidents that like i mean is within sport and if you don't like if you don't know about this incident and then i mean you will know now of course but like i mean yeah um is basically luis suarez versus patrice ever um mm. luis suarez is a uruguayan footballer who currently plays for barcelona fc or fc barcelona however you want to call it um so back in 20 i think it was like 2012 about that yeah. or 2013 i forgot that the year specifically um there was a t- like there was an incident where he called patrice evla um negrito right which is translated to little black man you know um so like for me that incident the reason why i highlighted this incident as like one of like a big incident with like a racial incident um within sports is that is the aftermath of that you know and it's it's really hard to believe and to fathom like what actually happened afterwards you know so basically what happened afterwards is that um you know there was like i mean like it 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 became reported that this is what was said um it went up through the channels within the within the fa within the football association in england and mm. lewis Suarez was found to be guilty and was given i think an eight match ban and i think uh, a a fine of what's this a monetary fine i'm not 100 percent sure but i know about the eight match ban and in the first match after that incident or after that verdict actually after being found guilty of actually saying whatever he's of of, of racially abusing another player Liverpool players wore shirts that had Luis Suarez during their warm-ups wore shirts that had Luis Suarez's name on him like on the shirt and his picture in support of him and I mean 
it really like it, i can't like it, it really it baffles me. you <laughs> <It> really <laughs> can't get your head like, i really can't wrap my head around how do you get to a point that you feel like no it's right to stand up for someone who is being found guilty of racially abusing another person you know i mean i can understand like i mean not that i'm saying it's right but i can probably understand you trying to justify if the verdict yeah. hadn't been passed or anything like that but the verdict was like had passed he had, he was found guilty and like the whole liverpool squad that was warming up wore those shirts and they were standing they were standing up for luis suarez in some form of protest against the FA or the FA's verdict. And I mean, it's, it's just, it's just unbelievable in all honesty. And this is something that's, I mean, it happened six years ago. It happened what, seven, six, seven, eight years ago. And that's not a long time ago, you know, in, in looking about it in hindsight, because most of the time you think about like these racial incidences, you think about them happening, um, early 2000s late night like 90 late 19 what's this late 1990s stuff like that you know 80s and stuff like that but no this happened like less than six less than 10 years ago i mean it's fresh within people's minds like um i mean i've seen on twitter many a times people trolling liverpool like whenever there's something that liverpool liverpool supporters do you know like in in support of um in support of like um empowering black people you know this is just put that picture of those the, of those people supporting your size and like you know that trolling on is this like this yeah, is really yeah. you this is your club dog like yeah, yeah, who, yeah who are you yeah. to speak at the end of the day basically True. and for me yeah. actually it's one i'll never understand and it's i mean jimmy J, jamie Carragher, who was at the time i think vice captain of liverpool and who's currently a sky sports um a sky sports uh, pundit has like apologized to Patrice Evra. Well, recently apologized to Patrice Evra. I think he did it like mm. at the beginning of this year. Um when I think it was when there was uh incidences which I will speak of later, but like around it, yeah. Italy and stuff like that, you know. And he came on air like and and apologized to Patrice, Patrice Eva saying that at the time that he felt that this was the right thing to do he wasn't aware of the impact that it actually had and bloody bloody blah, blah, blah you know it's, I mean your usual apology you know and I mean yeah. you can you can argue whether it was sincere or not I mean that's that's up to it's up to Jamie Carrigan and it's up to Patrice Eva at the end of the day because those are the people that are involved um but i mean you look at it and you're like wow dog you it really also took you it, it, it took other incidences it took the conversation that like that was actually being had at the time for you to be able to realize that you were wrong and i mean only god and you know if you like are actually sincerely sorry and personally i would like to believe that he probably is you know i'm not gonna just say mm. that he isn't and was just saying it or apologizing to show face you know something like that yeah but like yeah, yeah no man it's 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 one incident that for me i can never forget it's one incident that <laughs> i would never understand and it's one incident that you know it's, it's just it's just so mind-boggling you know and yeah. imagine how patrice ever probably felt you know like when those pictures came out of the liverpool right. in, the entire team supporting someone yeah. who had racially abused you and had been found found guilty i think that's 
I can't express it enough how mm. much that part, like that, the fact it's, that he was found guilty. It's it's so messed up. It is so messed, it's messed up. up. You know? And and like for me, like um, something that happened since we're on the footballing term. Um, for me, something that I found very, I was very disappointed in, and I was very very disappointed in was when Chelsea fans um, at at Stamford Bridge when we're playing City, when they um, through racial slurs at um, Raheem Sterling. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, it was very heartbreaking. Like it was very heartbreaking, and like a lot of Chelsea fans were very disappointed in in, in, in Chelsea fans mm-hmm. and other Chelsea fans because we can't blame the institution. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but what I liked the most about what Chelsea did with the, is what Chelsea did with the situation. So. Chelsea went out and found who those people were and they banned them for life at the stadium. Mm. And personally for me, I felt, I, I felt like that was enough. For no, me as a Chelsea think, supporter. Do you think a ban is enough? Because, like, I mean, the the is, person, what, at, at the end of the what, day, the person will roam the streets and they'll carry on having the same mindset and the same attitude, you know. Like, a ba- like you not being able to go to a football game will not change you from being a racist. Fair. Um, but in terms of, because the thing is, um, Chelsea can't go do something to change those people. You know what I'm saying? They just want them out of the institution. They don't stand with what they believe in, right? And coming from a Chelsea point of view, um, to get them out of the stadium, we don't care if you still support Chelsea, but go support us somewhere else. We don't want you near us, type of thing, you know? Um, but I don't know. What do you think we could have done better? No, I don't. Know. Like I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna ask you the same question. Don't you think like something, like something better has to be done? Because like I mean, it goes back to what I was saying like earlier on is that the person is still gonna roam the streets and they're still not a, a better person for society. Them being banned from a ch- or from Chelsea games for life doesn't change the way they think about what they're doing or know if they're wrong in what they're doing. I mean. I think some form of um, racial training or like, you know, I mean, I think kick like, I mean, we are going to speak thing about is, it later. Like, Kick not... It Out has um, like, f- like uh, what's this? I think it's like programs, you know, where people go through like to learn what they've actually done wrong and to know where they've gone wrong and not to do it again type of vibes, you know, to educate people. Because I think that's where it, it, it actually is at the end of the day. You know, it's all about it. like educating the person to know that your dog, and first of all, understand that you are wrong and know where you are wrong. Because like, I mean, you can't, It's for me, I feel like it's hard for you to be able to change your behavior or change wrong behavior when you don't even know when you're wrong or what, like what you've done wrong. So it's about acknowledging and, and knowing what you've actually done wrong so that you can actually not do it again, you know, type of vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, we, we can speak about that. We can but, speak about but, that later. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I feel like it's not Chelsea's responsibility to take those people there. But Maybe it was a Chelsea player. But whose responsibility? But whose responsibility is it? Who like are we? Are we? Are you saying that we are going to keep on not not giving responsibility to people that can actually impact people's lives and change people's lives into like just because I mean I mean I get what you mean that it's not Chelsea's responsibility because the person is not 
a Chelsea employee. It's not like I mean they're just a supporter, they're just a fan. But why shouldn't we put that onus on organizations such as Chelsea? Chelsea is a worldwide organization. You know, it's it's a brand that is recognized worldwide. What like don't you think that imp like what kind of impact that would come from if Chelsea were to actually like put their foot down and make a stance and actually do some action that is more than just banning someone you know actually working into educating someone to not being a racist person you know but you know you, you know to actually coming to think of it of what you said um it, it actually made me think of something that in society is becoming a norm and that is and that's cancel culture and with what chelsea did it was a thing of um let's cancel them let's cancel you know them yeah. okay you know yeah. because cancel culture has become a norm right and i remember just to go to extremely off topic barack obama spoke about cancel culture and said and how he thought he, it was it wasn't the right thing to go forward in life mm. but I, to come back to um chelsea Nata, um cancel culture has become a norm in our society nowadays and i feel like Chelsea, when they acted, hence why I thought it was fine as well for them to be cancelled. Um, for them, what they did at that time, personally, I thought it was good. I was like, okay, these guys are never going to sit foot on at Stanford Bridge ever again, mm. and that's it, you know. Um, but it would have been disappointing even if Chelsea fans or, 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 or Chelsea to come out and say, no, um, we've we've taken these guys to therapy. You know what I'm saying? Mm. People would be like, no, why don't you just ban them? You know? Because oh, it was, okay. Okay. Because, of that ca- because of that cancel culture. Mm. Um, no, because at the end of the day, for me, like, what I fear now is that we aren't going to put responsibility on organizations who can actually have an impact on people's lives and have an impact on society only on the basis that, no, it's not their responsibility because this this organization is not associated with this person or, or whatever you hear what i'm saying like for mm. instance you said that it's not chelsea's responsibility to teach that person or to um educate that person or to let him go through therapy and whatever you know because they're not associated with chelsea just be, like i mean they're just a supporter they're not an employee they're not um a member or or or, or you know but now like with that mentality i fear that with within like many organizations it's how we are how we are reacting to it we are not we we are shifting that responsibility from that organization and what's what's even i feel like what's even more scary is that we are shifting it away from them but not shifting it to something or someone who can actually do something we're just shifting it away from an organization so now like i mean sure chelsea had reacted the way that they did they banned the person but now what has like what's being done to be able to rehabilitate that person to be able to like you know teach that person that yo this is this is this is how you are wrong this is what you did wrong you shouldn't be doing this 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 and that and that you know at the end of the day because by 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 banning them you're just letting him go out to the streets and basically give the responsibility to the streets for better way of putting it you know (laughs) um to be able to do that rehabilitation (laughs) 
and I mean, who is who can hold the streets accountable at the end of the day? Because, like, I mean, the streets are just the streets. You know, society is just society. We are, mm. um, at the end of the day, we are like a result of how, like, of of, of the society that we grow up around. You know, and like, I mean, some societies that you that you actually release these persons back into, you know, by just banning them, are the same societies that are just going to fuel that that racial that racial impact within them you know mm, mm, i don't know if you get what mm. i mean yeah i hear you but i don't agree with you mm. well, and i'll tell you why you yeah tell me and i'll and i'll tell you why it's because of the norm of how we live in society nowadays no brand no organization wants to be associated with someone who is racist or is a rapist or is doing something that's not right no brand or no, no organization i agree with you you know, you know what i'm saying it's mm. it's it's like with, um it's, it's it's also with like rape no one wants to be associated with rape same thing with racism we've been racist mm. you know what i'm saying it's like the whole you, you, you remember penny sparrow yeah she parted ways with her real estate company this because mm. they don't want to be associated it's cancel culture and it's the norm you know it, what I'm is, it is the norm it, it, like, I, 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 I understand what you're saying but why should that, the norm say, be the norm why can't we change the norm you know why can't we put that responsibility on those organizations to actually not that i'm saying that they should accept a person or be associated with the person but why can't they actually affect change why should it just why should we just be satisfied and happy with them just you know like not being associated with them because at the end of the day like for instance with the with with um with um with the chelsea incidents i mean to to keep it in a sporting on a sporting bubble you know with the chelsea incident we like i mean the general society general people were probably happy with um chelsea banning that person because that's like to, to us it's it's the right thing to do you know it's 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 it's, it's what's this you they are disassociating themselves they are dissociate they dissociate disassociating disassociating themselves from someone who's racist they disassociate disassociating their fans from fan like from fans that are racist because that's also the, the reason why he's banned in the sense that you also don't want your fans or the people that stand behind you and support you to have that racial outlook but why should that just be where it ends? Why should that be enough at the end of the day? Which is like where I'm coming from is why should it be enough? Why can't we put more onus on organizations and brands to actually make an impact? Not just to cancel someone. Yes, I get you. Cancel culture is, it has become norm. Like, I mean, if I do something wrong or if you do something wrong and I'm associated with you and like, I mean, the first thing you are going to do is cancel me. You are going to like cast me out to the dogs. But that doesn't change the situation. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change the way that I think. I'm still the same person. And more so than not, I'm still not rehab rehabilitated from where I was, from whatever I've done wrong. Which is why I was saying, which is why I went back to that, um, or to go back to it, which is why I was saying, that person who in that Chelsea, in that in those Chelsea stand was racially abusing what I'm saying, is going to go back to those streets and still going to be racist. Probably going to go to club matches still gonna go to the pub still gonna go to your workplace still gonna go to their home and still be the same racist person that they were 
you know, their attitude, the way that they think, the way that they speak, their actions are still not going to change. You know, why shouldn't we put more onus on these on these organizations to actually make an impact that will change these person's attitude, that will change their actions, their way of thinking at a workplace, at a social space, at their homes and stuff like that, you know? No, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you, but I don't agree with you once again. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, yeah. I mean, we've obviously been going back and forth. In, in, yeah. In yeah, we're end up going back and forth. And like, yeah, dude, this is FTS. If we're going to go to the UN, then you must buy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to say that. Yeah, no, 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 but I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. And yeah. I'm going to speak about um, that more later. Looking at some of these, the current incidences, like, I mean, we all do think that there isn't racism in sports. Like, what what other incidents have do you have, basically, to to, to, to highlight? This is, this is actually a problem that we have within our sports, and it's something that we actually do need to address and do something about. Um, I feel, because um, in the past few days, I don't know if people have seen it, but... Makai and Kitini came out, uh, I would say for the first time, publicly, because he was on, mo- he, he, he was on morning live. Mm. Uh, so he was on morning live, but he came out and he spoke about um, the, the, the sort of racial injustices that he suffered. Um, when he was playing for the Proteus and how he was always sidelined and how he, he would perform one game and then they would bring in someone like Mone Moko or Devet. I don't know who Devet is, but I, I heard that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I forgot his first name, but yeah, something yeah. Devet. Devet would come out and they would ball and they wouldn't get wickets. Um, and everyone else wouldn't get wickets, but they'll sideline, what's his name, um, um, Makaya. And Makai would always think as to like, why me? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Why me? You know? And again, he didn't have systems in place for him to go somewhere and say, listen guys, this is what they're doing, you know? Mm. Because he even he, he even spoke about how his contract went from A plus to no contract. Yeah. Because apparently how the contracts are graded. It goes from A plus, then A, then B, then C, then, you know, and then from there, the more you degrade, the more you lose your contract. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was on an A plus contract and he went from A plus to no contract. You know, because yeah. the guys in the board were trying to make space for maybe um, your Morkels and your um, Devets, you know, and your, your stains, what's his name? Yeah. Stains, your ABs, and all these guys, you know? And he spoke about it. He was like, listen, guys, this is what happened. Um, this is how these guys cheated me um, in the locker room and during games. Um, and he said he remembered that he missed two games um, and they lost those two games. Well, the first game that they lost, um, Makaya thought that they were going to change the squad and bring him in. Mm. Then they're like, no, keeping the same squad. They kept the same squad. Then one of the lighties, the vets, got injured. And then the third test, they gave him the last over. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He bowled one over. S- such a such a proper, proper, proper bowler, South Africa. One of the best that the country's had. Mm. 
the game they lost over. So with me, cricket guys like you guys like cricket there's so much going on. So much going on. And Makai even said that he, he he's, he's he's not happy about Graham Smith's appointment, eh? Um and how he was treated when Graham was still um, also called um captain in the squad. So he's not happy with Graham Smith's appointment. And yeah, guys, the cricket is so much like so much racism happening in cricket. Yeah, I mean, from to take on like my biggest take on from that, I think for me is is the systems that are created within the changing rooms. I think all from Makaya's story, let me put it like that, not from what you say. I think for me, the biggest take on is is the systems that are created and that are kept, and that. I mean, you can say thrive within a changing room, you know. Um, you look at, like, I mean, what Makaya went through is the same thing a black rugby player probably went through in a in the, in the Springbok changing room. Um, is the same any other any other black sportsman in a white dominated changing room in South Africa probably went through. You know, I think probably more so in 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 rugby you know i mean and we don't know more like i mean we can't speak a lot about any incidences in rugby for instance because like not a lot of it is documented not a lot of it is out there you know for instance like we, we are speaking right now about makaya's story and we're picking up speaking about what happened with him because he spoke about it you know he became yeah. public about it um but for instance like i i, I recall i think there's um there's a black springbok. Uh, what's this? Who's this? There's a black springbok who has a book. Um, it's called. What is it called? His name is Tando Manana. Um, I think he's oh, called. Yes. yes, I think his his, his book is, is is called Being a Black Springbok, and he mm. speaks like within the book. I haven't read it. Like like I mean, I I kind of I've been told about it, so I kind of know like what happens in it. But he speaks about the the experiences that he had within the within a, a springbok changing room and what it had to take for him to be a springbok you know and the injustices that he probably like that he experienced co- in comparison to his white counterparts basically yeah um and yeah man like i mean the whole makaya story the, that's the thing with the whole makaya story you look at him is probably like you said he's probably one is one of the best bowlers that we've ever produced in this country um he does I think this is a stat. He does have the best bowling figures of any South African ever, like with, oh, yeah. like in purchase, um, with that ten far in at Lords. You know, a, a very very iconic moment of him like getting that ten far and kissing the pitch at Lords, being a black man. Mm-hmm. Even. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like yeah, the Makai story is is one. I mean, it's it's one that you can probably relate to as well. Because you've also experienced it, and yeah. I mean, probably like there are many, many, many people who, many people who aren't professional, who probably aren't even professionals, um, to date, you know, because of those, because of those um social injustices that were imposed on them, basically, that experienced the same things that Makaya experienced, you know, probably at a provincial level, at a national level, at a club level, like whatever level, you know, but. Yeah, no. I think it's it speaks a lot to the culture that that's created within within this, these sporting dressing rooms, and I think that's where the issue is, and I think that's where for that for that type of incident, I think that's where 
we have to look into in terms of trying to rectify and trying to change you know because i feel like once you actually change that culture within that dressing room and change the attitude of the people that like are within the dressing room then you aren't going to have those experiences and i think that's where like for instance lungingidi what he has done and what he is doing and the way he has come out and i mean you can basically say taking the baton and ran with it and you know i can mm, mean yeah. he was he, like, he came out and said that he's willing to actually have conversations with people and educate people about the whole black lives matter thing you know i think once you have those conversations within those changing rooms within those fears then people get to realize what they are actually doing because at the yeah, end of the day yeah. like more i'm not going to say more times than not but in some instances people can like be racist and like have like like racially or not racially abused but like be racist or, like towards other like or black players without even knowing it without being aware yeah. of it because like i mean even the whole the whole gra- like the makaya thing i think one one incident that he spoke of is that he would like for instance he would be he would go down for breakfast and sit at them um, at the hotel um at the hotel at the hotel breakfast area for instance and as the other players would come down they would sit at other tables sit with each other they would make plans with each other but not in mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. you know? like i mean i'm not going to say that that is that's not a to me personally that's not a bl- that's not being blatantly racist going back to what you were saying earlier on like at the beginning mm-hmm. of how yeah, you are yeah. blatantly racist but that action in itself it's it is racial and it is racially driven but like i mean i don't put too much blame on the on the people who actually or personally i don't put too much blame on the people who actually did that because i mean most of the time you also you also gravitate to the people to to people that, like within a changing room for instance you gravitate to people that are your friends you gravitate yeah. like you make you start making plans with people that are your friends you make plans like you do things you do things more with your friends you interact with your friends i mean i even saw a picture on the timeline on, the, on my twitter timeline of it, i think it was a south african series win a test win and like the trophy was in the middle basically and on the right mm-hmm. side it was only white players and on the other side it was players of color and i mean yes you could like on, on on from one perspective you can say that's racial but like for me for instance if i was going towards that photo op i'm going to gravitate towards the person with like, your mates with yeah. my mates you know the person who the people who look like me and stuff like that you know and i i mean i think it goes back to what i was saying about the whole systematic racist thing is that that's where like i mean that's where the issue is you know it, it's it's become like that's like the system has become norm and we've I mean we've, we've it's it's kind of accepted no, no, like I mean those changing room things like yeah man it's just it's just yeah I don't know how to explain it more it's just it's just one of those incidents where I I probably feel that like like the Jacques Callas's the Graham Smiths and stuff like that I mean I'm not trying to justify them or be dev or play devil's advocate and say that they aren't wrong or anything like that but yeah. they probably didn't see anything wrong with what they were doing you know and i think once we actually have these conversations within these dressing rooms once we have like 
once you actually get the person on the other side to realize what they're actually doing and the impact that they're actually having on you i think they may act differently you know at the end of the day yeah. but again not that i'm trying to like play devil's advocate okay. to something like that you know or stand up for um whatever Point taken. done Point against taken. <laughs> whatever was done against makaya but i'm just uh, i'm just saying yeah um yeah man i mean like i mean we can we can speak here about racial incidences like until the sun rises like i mean it's set now by the time this is recorded by the time you're listening at this yeah i don't know what time of day it is but yeah we can speak about it until the sun rises basically and there are so many racial incidences i mean i look at like what the research that i was doing over the past year like on the date of recording this is the 19th of um what is it 19th of july yeah in yeah. the past year these are the some of the incidences that are found basically i'm just gonna run through them i mean just to give the idea that these things are still happening we are on 2020 but these things are still happening within our sports and i mean you can add on pepsi if like afterwards if there's anything so i mean there's the incident um between Bulgaria versus England in a Euro qualifier, I think that was this year, um, whereby the, the like what's this, the the fans were making racial remarks, you know, monkey sounds and stuff like that towards the black England mm-hmm. players. Um, the game had to be halted, even you know, um, yeah. yeah. So there's another incident was um, Lukaku, Romelu Lukaku also received racial abuse in Italy um, from like what's this from Cagliari fans. Um, who were making monkey chants and stuff like that. I mean, he even scored a penalty and um, and basically like 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 you know that thing where you like what are you saying now type of vibes to the fans, you know? And they yeah, carry, yeah, yeah, and they yeah, carry yeah, on you, and they carry yeah. on. And for me, like one one thing that I took out from that incident that was like really shocking, you know, is that Inter fans. Inter fans stood up for Cagliari fans basically and or basically weren't didn't support Lukaku and said that no he was antagonizing them nah bloody bloody blah I mean this is this happened in 2019 and we still have a fan base group because I think it was a it was a supporters club even an inter supporters club that comes out and and, and supports racism or just tries to justify racism for a better way of putting it you know that was something that I couldn't but you know what my thing is? Mm. You, you know what my thing is? If we talk about all the um, racial issues that have happened in football, right? And we talk about all the racial, okay, the racial issues that happened in rugby, South African rugby to be more yeah. precise. If you look at football, what has FIFA done? FIFA hasn't done a thing. All they do is they set up a commission and they sit down and they give you an eight-match ban, just like how, how they did at Suarez. Mm. So... To a certain extent, does FIFA get involved? Or does FIFA just delegate the nonsense and be like, listen guys, Premier League, you handle this. It happened in your league. Serie A, it happened in your league. La Liga, it happened in your league. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. FIFA doesn't do much, if we have to be honest. FIFA really doesn't do much. They don't really care. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they were concerned about bribes for the next World Cup. Then they are about racial issues. So, yeah. I mean, like... Like to go back to to the racial incidences, there are many in football. Um, in the past week, and okay, like in the past two weeks or so, Wilfred Zaha was so, was was racially abused oh, on his social media. 
And did you actually see it? Did you did you see them the, the you, post? You told me about the DMs that he got. You yes. got like his DMs got yes. blown up like he got racial up, slurs and up, all that. Racial yeah. slurs and stuff like that. And this happened, I mean, by the time you're probably listening to this, a week or two ago, literally. Um mm. Yeah, man, I mean, like, what's this? In cricket, um, Pakistani captain Safraz Ahmed was banned for four games um, when he, like, on a stump mic, when it was picked up of him saying, like, saying a racial, a racial slur against Andile Peshikwayo. Um Again, in cricket, um, in New Zealand, the spectator was was banned eventually. Like, I mean, was found and found and banned for racially abusing Geoffrey Archer. Um, there's the news. There's the news incident with Baba with Baba Wallace. Oh, in in Baba Wallace, yeah. In NASCAR, NASCAR. and no, mm. see that one. That one is just like dude. That one, I felt like I felt like look, dude. To get the FBI investigating um, someone planting a noose in your change room, we need to look at. Number one, how did that person get into Baba Wallace's change room? Let's start there. Number one, I think Number I don't think it two. was his. Cha- I think it was the bathroom of the garage of the team. Because you know, I mean, the teams have their own garages and stuff. I think it, like, yeah. the noose was found in the bathroom of the team's garage. So like, I mean, I, I would assume it's, it's like it's not like it's Bob, it's it's Baba Wallace's personal changing room or anything like that. So in terms of access, I, I don't think that's. Do you think it's fair thing. for us to? Do you think it's fair for us to be like, what was there a note at least? Do you think it's fair for us to assume that it's aimed at Baba? I think it has to be. As the only black, as the only black um, NASCAR drive, like NASCAR racer that's currently within the paddock, it's definitely directed at him. Like, I mean, if you say it's not, then you are trying to, I feel you're trying to justify something that's not justifiable. You are trying to. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not trying to justify anything. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm not just saying that you for are. Fact. Just, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying I'm, that I'm you asking are. For facts. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, I mean, I think it's definitely directed at him. Like, I mean, a noose is a symbol of bleaching and hanging someone. And, like, I mean, yeah. that is that is something that black people still suffering today, you know, being bleached. And you know, it's really crazy that you think that this this was something that, like, you would think that, I mean, is, like, is something that happened in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s, 60s, the latest. Mm. But no, like, I mean, it's still happening today. And imagine how he probably felt, oh, or like I mean, finding a, an entire noose in in his in the bathroom, which is really scary. Like I mean, how much hate do you have to have to send out that message that yo, like, if I could, I would hang you. Like, like, because I mean, sure. I, I mean, that's, no. that's literally Why how you I, like that. You didn't know, bro. Like, that's yo, the thing, but, if I, I mean, could, I'd hang you. Like that's the thing you must think about it from Baba Wallace's point of view, and I, th- I would try to assume that's how he probably felt and how he probably received it, and that's probably the message that was trying to be sent out for hey, a yeah, way of, hey. of putting it. Like, yo, dog, I hate you. I hate your race so much that, and you're within my sport. I hate you so much that if I could, I would hang you. Like, I mean, tough as it may be to hear, and and. Yes, of course, it hits a nerve, and it's tough to maybe like, yo, actually wait. That's probably the real message. I mean, yeah, dog. 
Yeah, I know. Um, yes, I wanted to speak to you. I mean, we spoke about it before, but I wanted to speak to you about the, the whole Ebert Elizabeth issue. I've got it down in my notes. And like, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's an issue or an incident that you could say just like went up in thin air, basically. Did you did you get to did you get That's to true. Yeah, That's did, true. You, did you get to like figure out what happened? No, I didn't get to figure out what happened, but I think I, I might have made a conclusion up in my head. It sounds it sounds right about right. So okay, do you know the incidents in themselves? So I come in before we delve into um, what actually mm-hmm. happened, the inc- mm-hmm. explain the incident to the people. So this is what I know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, um, sure, I, sure, like, sure. No, could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. So apparently um even it's a bit and a group of friends um were out in i think in langaban yes in the western cape yes i'm out in in langaban and um a black man was assaulted by even it's a bit's friends um and even it's a bit that's the the, that's his story Mm. um and while he was assaulted um the man then later went and opened a case against even it's a bit you know and he saw that obviously it wasn't gonna, it, nothing was gonna happen at the Langaban police station. So he escalated it to the Human Rights Commission. Mm. Um, and no evidence was brought forward, apparently. Um, I think there was a video at the time, but it wasn't a video of like him actually doing the act. Mm. Uh, but um, yeah, apparently that, that that's what I know. So, yeah, well, I mean, I to add on to that, I think there, I think there were a couple of, of people that were involved, or more than just one black person. Um, and I mean, with the whole with the whole assault thing, I, I, like the the report that came from that is that there were also racial, like there were racial slurs that were um, said to the people. And I mean, once once that case went up to the um, Human Rights Commission, um, like I mean, of course. Was this Ebert Elizabeth denied the claims, and I mean it yeah. was taken. It was like I mean, the the incident happened. Like I mean, it was taken up to court, and the I think the human rights because it happened around about August, right? The incident happened around August, and it was before World Cup. Yes, it was before World Cup. So by the time the human right, like by the time the case went to the Human Rights Commission, or the Human Rights Commission lodged a case against Ebert Elizabeth, he was already in Japan, I think, right? And that yeah, was, it was yeah, just yeah. before the World Cup. Yeah. It was just before yeah. the World Cup in terms of... Because yeah. we left early. We left early. Yeah, yeah, because of the warm-up games and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, and yeah. they were saying that he shouldn't be part of the squad. He should come back to South Africa and face the trials because, and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah, I mean, that's what happened. Um, in terms of the result of it, uh, this is a report that came out, like, sometime in January. Um, basically, like, this, I'm, I'm, like, I'm literally reading the news article... Um, the South African Human Rights Commission says that it plans to go into talks with um, Ibn Elizabeth and Open Mind. Uh, that would, oh wait, sorry, 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 I'm reading the wrong, I'm reading the wrong, wrong report. But basically, um, the case I don't know, I want to say it's kind of dropped, but according to the reports, they reached a mutual agreement about the whole situation, and I think there is some form of settlement. But like, I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, it's. I don't think it's being finalized as to what the settlement is and i think it has to go i think it still has to go through to like high courts for a final final verdict but 
ultimately the Human Rights Commission and Eben Elizabeth basically like they they came to a level ground from from what I understood from the research that I did. They came to a level ground about yo, this is like I mean we aren't gonna go about this case anymore type of vibes, I think. Basically, I mean, you can argue, like, I mean, the charges were dropped type of vibe, you know. I think, that's, <laughs> I think for me, that's literally, that's the, that's the impression that I got from, like, reading the, like, reading the newspaper articles that, that were reporting on, like, what's this, what happened, you know. And I think it's, it's, it's a very interesting one because when the Human Rights Commission, like, came out and said that this is, this is the case, we are lodging a case against Ibn Etzebe, I think what's interesting is that, like, there was the huge outcry from South Africans and stuff like that, you know, saying that no, why is he in this? Why is he still in the squad? Why is he in Japan playing for World Cup? He shouldn't play, bloody bloody blah, blah. But then, um, what's this? But then he what's this? You know, and like people were saying that no, he should come back. Yeah, I mean, he should come back, and yeah, like I mean, there was a big outcry basically against him. And like once we won the World Cup, and once like I mean, we are all in tribulation. You know, happy, happy vibes. You know, World Cup, Swinile, yeah. yeah. you know, all of that vibes. He kissed, he kissed Trevor Nyakane. Remember? Yeah, you know, even that 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 picture, him kissing Trevor. <laughs> I mean, we 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 are, we completely forgot about it. We like yeah. It's one of those things that you can argue that we swept it under the rug because we won the World Cup, and yeah, man, it's just like I don't. It's it's very interesting that how like that just went by. Like I mean, it's it's it went up in the air so quickly and so easily where it's an incident where I feel like it should have or more media more like more should have been done. I don't know if more could have been done. Probably like the lack of evidence yeah. thing was probably a factor within the case, but like I mean the outcry from the public, you know, I think it should have been more. Even I don't know, like I speak like I speaking about the whole thing, you know, like I mean it's something that was probably spoken about a bit because it was out, but like since and after that, even 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 when the verdict was being made, even when the Human Rights Commission like um, came up with that statement that they've come to a mutual agreement and stuff like that, you know. Hardly like anyone spoke about it. Like, I yeah. mean, it's one of those things, yeah. Yo, and, and so, like, I mean, while we're speaking about the Springboks in the World Cup, what do you think about that incident with the bomb squad? Uh, you know, you know, with that incident, man, um, I remember because. Okay, wait, sorry. Before you I, carry up, before you tell wait. me what you think, can I explain the incident? Okay. So, what happened? There was okay. a video. Of was it a warm-up game or an actual game? I think it was. A it was an game. actual game. Yeah. It was an actual game. Nah, it was a warm-up game against Japan because it was no, when Mapipi got the cut on, the his, actual... on his for, on his forehead, wasn't it? And he got no, that cut on dude. a warm-up game. Was it not a warm-up game? Was it a warm-up game? I think it was a against Japan. Game. Yes, you know that warm-up game against Japan where we where we cleaned like we washed Japan. Oh, 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 yeah. Yes. No, so, but I don't think so, bruh. Wasn't the game against Italy? 
Was it against Italy? I think it was against Italy, man, because we were wearing white. We were also wearing well, white we're wearing in that warm-up game, weren't we? We were wearing white. Nah, yes, we were wearing white. Ah, we? but like, okay, you'll find out. But yeah, so I'm um, okay. So like, young bombs, bomb squad. Um, yeah, information. So the bomb squad is was Rossi Erasmus, former Springbok coach, currently director of rugby coach, was still director of rugby coach at the time of the World Cup. Um, it was his i like I would say idea of like a like or creating a culture within the bench of the Springboks um naming it the bomb squad and the whole idea of it was that the bomb squad like would have like i mean the bomb squad would come onto the field like whenever like the replacements are made so within rugby you can make all seven substitutions that are on your bench so all those seven players that are on are there seven players on the bench yeah all seven eight eight all eight players that are on the bench like it's you must make or you must make the biggest impact, you know, like a, like oh, as yes, as yeah. like as of a bomb, you know, you must make that big impact, you know, you must blow things away, you must blow people out, you know, type of vibe. That was the whole thing. Yeah. And there was a culture that was created around the whole bomb squad. You know, like they had their mm. own like war cry song type of vibes, you know, they had own yeah. like you know, they they had their own spirit, like they were their own type of sub team, you know. Yeah. So the incident, yeah. I think the incident did happen against Italy. Something says it was against Italy, eh? Now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, um, so the incident, so like, I mean, the camera after the game pans on, um, like, the handshakes after the game between the players of South Africa and the opposition. And then, so this bomb squad of white players only gets together, you know? And then where mm. Mapimpi is the next person after like within the line of the people who are shaking hands and stuff like that so like i mean after they've shaken yeah. their hands and stuff like that they get together and then while my pimp is coming towards them they like basically shoo him away but no go 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 yeah. and then they close off the circle and then they do the whole thing you know that's the video that made the rounds on social media and stuff like that and the next morning marcus and my pimp made a, like posted a video on facebook explaining the situation um explaining yeah, what had happened that. that um no man this, this is one in a ra- this wasn't a racial um a racial incident it was just the bomb squad this is what the bomb squad is and it's really that like i mean i've seen you guys speaking about it a lot on social media and no guys you're getting it wrong basically that's that's what he said but now nah, guys you're getting it wrong yeah. bloody bloody blah trying to i mean justifying the whole incident you can argue um, so what are your thoughts on that? I feel like it was blown out of proportion because I remember, um, I think that I watched the game with you. Um, it was back when we were still in Webster. Mm. So we watched the game together and then um, we saw the thing and we sort of we we sort of said like something along the lines of, no, they wouldn't understand. Obviously rugby, some rugby teams have their own traditions and yeah, yeah. there's like small groups that are that are created within the team as well mm. you know like backs and forwards yeah the props always have a, have a the, the front three always have like a, a thingy together the mm. loose trio have a have a, yeah, have a, have a bond together and the incident because of that. And, and you feel and like your center pair as well has like a bond together and like people don't understand that that the team is made up out of so many groups within the team it's not a bunch of individuals mm. you know 
So and as much uh, as it's a team and it's as a whole, there's also sub teams. Yeah, there's also sub teams. If I can put it like even, that, I, there even things like even odds and evens. Hey, just sorry, just to cut you there. Like odds and evens is also a thing. It, like for instance, when like I mean, I remember back back when I was in high school. Whenever like I mean, we would play touch and stuff like that. You know, as a team before the game or like yeah. you know, before practice and stuff like that we would split up into odds and evens you know at like if yeah, you have, you if you play an odd number then you're on this side and if you play an even number you're on this side, side. yeah you know I mean? side, there yeah. was a whole there was a whole bondage thing of i know me i'm an odd me i'm an odd number stuff like that yeah sorry yeah me? yeah so yeah dude like honestly speaking um it was born out of, born out of proportion um i would say i would say south africans were bored <laughs> they didn't know what to do on Twitter. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, honestly speaking. And, and I remember, even with that, remember, uh, I think it was the Rugby Championship 2018, yeah. when Mac- M- came next to Jesse. And Makazole plays 11, Jesse plays 13. Yes, and Makazole yes. was next to Jesse. And Jesse shoot him away. Mm, right? Yeah, he, I think he brought Francois said- Stein by him. Oh no, Andre Esterhazen by him. Under yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so under was supposed to be next to Jesse. So that's why he shoot him away. And people are like, no, Jesse's racist and all that. Like, no, the order of the national team is always like that. Mm. You know, the only place where it doesn't go in sequence it when, it, 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 it is when it gets to number five. Then it goes to number seven because Sia's in front next to Peace. Mm. You know, so that's the only time it, it doesn't go in sequence. But other than that, it's numerical order. Yeah, it's ascending order. So yeah, dude, like people have just like blown some things out of proportion and made it about race things and it it, it really isn't. It's just the order of things that are supposed to be like that because when it comes to the camera, it goes from number one or starts from Sia number one to fifteen. Yeah. You know? no, I hear you. But like don't you think that the outcry that came from the South African public was to a certain extent justifiable? Because like I mean you see, like, the incident in itself on its face value is what it is. It doesn't look good. Like, I mean, as a group yeah, of white people... Yeah, it doesn't people, look good as happened. No, no, like, even, 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 like, off camera and stuff like that, like, I mean, the whole, like, the incident in itself, don't you think that, like, the South African public was right in, in the outcry, for instance, in both incidents with, with the Mapimpi, with, um, with the Jesse Creel thing and the Bomb Squad thing? Because, like, I mean... I, I, I can hear the chat. Like I understand where people came from when they when they when they had that chat within like South African rugby like, culture, like or within Twitter when those incidences happened and like I mean bringing light to that whole Jesse incident. I can understand yeah, yeah. where you can come from in terms of trying to understand and trying to see the incident as is. You know, don't you think? I mean. Cause like it's also hard for like I mean it's not hard but like I mean when you when you're within that culture, for you to be able to survive in that culture, for instance in Makazole's Makazole's um um position, for you to be able to stay and be within that culture, sometimes like I mean because the culture and because the the system in itself is not created for you and it's created arguably for a white person, you know. Um, you you may have to stomach a lot of things to be able to just like keep on being within the system. Do you get um, what I mean? Like I mean, like for instance, some people can argue that Makazole put out that video um, the the morning after explaining the whole situation. 
um yeah being forced to do so you know being forced because yeah. like i mean he has to stay in the squad he has to like he wants to play he wants to stay in the squad he doesn't want to be casted out and if he doesn't do yeah. that and if he stands up against that because the incident in itself is you can argue a racial incident then like i mean he's doing it for his for his own survival you know at the end of the day yeah yeah okay now i hear you if you're speaking from that point of view i hear you mm. um i know yeah i hear you think yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough yeah, one. It's yeah. a tough one. Cuz that's the thing, it's man. It's a like, tough one. But also even speaking from your point of view, you like you justifying the situation because you've also been within rugby circles. But one person like can come out and say that like you also justifying these um this attitude because you've become accustomed to it because it's what you're used to within a rugby system, a system that's not that's created that isn't created for you. But you have to adapt your way of thinking, your way of accepting certain things, in order for you to be able to survive and be able to keep on being within the system. You know, yeah. like the whole justifying the whole um, sub teams and stuff like that. You know, because like, I mean, that's what I've that's what like I've thought of in recently. Because when that incident happened, and I was like, I mean, I was with you, like you said. And that was my initial first reaction is that people don't understand like the culture that is within rugby, you know, um, rugby, the yeah. whole sub teams and, you know, like you were whole gravitating towards people of your own color and blah, 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 you know. But don't you yeah. think that that's an issue within sports and within that culture in that sense that I think I, I mentioned it earlier that we like at a schoolboy level, you grow up and you are molded within that system. And because that system isn't for you and because it's like it puts you down, you get to a point where you just accept it and you f- and like not only accept it, but you see it as right. You know, I think for me, that's what I've, yeah. like, I've, I've yeah. thought yeah. about. Yeah. Recently, yeah. That's you know? true. Because I mean, because someone can easily say that, you know, against us and, and say that, no, like you've like, I mean, sure, you justifying this because you were within the system. But that could have been the way the way that you survived. Like I mean, even Makai and Dini, for instance, he said that he had to jog from the hotel to the ground and back. That was his way of coping, you know. But then, like, oh, shit, what was my point, Gonj? Oh, but then that <laughs> point that 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 point of that point of coping and that way of coping is, like, I mean, it's it's your way of coping and it's your way of of, of accepting the system and not doing something about it. Like it doesn't mean that there isn't something wrong in whatever's happening, or the situation that you are like the incident that you are within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, with with the whole bomb squad thing, mm. even if you had to look at it, it blew over quickly. You know, mm. and I feel like. That's why, um, if it really was an issue, then why didn't we take them to the Human Rights Commission? Like we did with Italy. You know? Um, yeah, but, who we is, all these but who's going to take them to the Human Rights Commission? In, oh, in, in, all on, in all honesty, the person who has to take them to the Human Rights Commission is the person who's, you can argue, whose impact or whose 
who's in like who's within the situation. So Makazole Mapimpi, he's not gonna do that because he probably still wants to be within the Springbok setup. And if he does, then he's gonna be vilified and he's gonna be cast out. So basically we're going back up to the point that there's no systems in place. No, we're going back to the point that the system that that's that is in place is not for the black person. Okay, so meaning that there isn't a system in place for a black person. Basically, yeah. This, yeah. Okay. Okay. At least we can agree to disagree. <laughs> are we, uh, no, no, but are we agreeing to just because I like I'm I'm just posing the question. I mean, just to have it up there is like to have the conversation, you know, like. It could be this way. It, could, it probably isn't the way that we think and the way that we see it. Like, and what are the possibilities of it being another way, the way that I'm explaining it? Well, I think um, <laughs> I think you know when it comes to staying within the system, um, a lot of us tend to ignore that. Hundred percent, I agree with you there. Um, because we even spoke about if if you were to go against the system, then you wouldn't have a place, you know. Yeah. So that system, yeah. we spoke about it earlier on about that systematic racism, you mm-hmm. know, and how it it, it, it it impacts a player of not speaking out or anything like that, you know. So, did like racism is not the same as it was fifty years back? Let's get that out of our heads. Someone that's white is not going to slap us across the face. It's not going to be like that. It's more systematic now. And it's gotten smarter and it's gotten... Way cunning. Gotten more, exactly. It's, 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 cunning. It's, it's, exactly. It's more cunning. It's just like corruption. Corruption isn't me going there and just stealing. No, now it's gotten smarter. Now we do paperwork. You know what I'm saying? It's gotten mm-hmm. smarter and mm-hmm. it, it, it has evolved. And it's... Um, and it's um, sense but um let's try eradicate it and i think that's what we're trying to move towards to now you know yeah. we're not trying to make it less because i feel like with us with back then our parents we're trying to like make it less you know yeah. just like yeah like guys time it down a little bit no mm-hmm. now don't we're gonna switch off the... about it don't be too loud Ex- about it speak very softly about it yeah that, exactly. that type of attitude yeah and and and, and, and like with our generation we just lush switch that fucking shit off dog like you know what i'm saying we just want it off now we're out we're done now you know we're not mm-hmm. gonna like take it softer and softer no we're gonna kill it now so that's what our generation is trying to eradicate the whole thing yeah no definitely and i mean like we aren't going to speak about like racism in sports as if nothing is being done like, yeah yeah 100%, certain, 100%. like certain sports are doing things to like in a fight against racism um, and basically, like, I mean, we can look at those things, um, for instance, from what I've got, like, from, from, from the research that I've done, um, in, in football, for instance, I mean, I'm going to start with football. In football, uh, what's this? The Premier League, the Premier League created the Kick It Out campaign, uh, created okay. in 1997, which is, like, it stemmed from, I think it was Kick Racism Out of Football. But then it got shortened to like the kick it out um commission or something like that and that's something that 
like works to like that works against racism within football in in England you know yeah. um i mean the, the 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 Suarez incident that we talked about earlier on the Chelsea incident that that happened like all of those things they go through the kick it out campaign like i mean or kick it out i think stands for or stands against racism and does something to like um help eradicate or help educate and help um and help uh what's this you know fight racism basically yeah, type yeah, of vibe, yeah. you know um i know okay so that that was created that i think with uh oh yeah there's the kick it out campaign sorry um uefa uefa has a campaign which runs from i think it runs throughout the month of august in the champions league games that happen within august actually all european games that run through august sorry okay. not not august october my apologies um which is the uefa say no to racism so oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes you've seen that so i think they have the like they have the banners say no to racism mm-hmm. they have that team like the the photo when they're all together in front of the banner that says uh say no, say to, no racism, to racism yeah. and stuff like that um the premier league the premier league also has the no room for racism campaign which mm-hmm. happens from uh, which also happens in August, from the 19th to the 27th of August, I think every year, where they also do the same, like the same thing, like a similar thing, where like there's banners, there's um, like the billboards are there and stuff like that. You know, I think it's even on, I don't know if it's like on their shirts, but like on, like, you know, it's it's, it's, it's advertised type of vibe, but um, no room for racism. Um, what else? what else what else do i have here so also in formula one in formula one back in 2008 um i think the we races one initiative was um was was like created um after an, a racial incident like that was against hamilton basically um and recently um like formula one has done a lot like in terms of there's the there's a Hamilton Commission, which is which is currently, which is currently there to like I mean to empower more black people within the mm-hmm. sport, you know, and promote more black people within the organizations and stuff like that. Um, and then what else? There's the whole race race out racism campaign, which is currently happening mm-hmm. right now, um, which is which is basically like it's just a, it's a similar thing to what UEFA UEFA do. You know, um, you're gonna speak more about what they're actually doing now and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think those are basically like the big commissions and stuff like that, and boards that have been created or mm. initiatives that have been created that I could find. Um, in terms of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, um, I mean, we've seen in the Premier League the Black Lives Matter shirts. There's the the, em- the Black Lives Matter emblem that is currently on their shirts up until the end of the season. Um, it was the I think it was the first game week when they came back from what's this from lockdown where they all mm-hmm. had Black Lives Matter on their backs on their back yeah the first week yeah and then the 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 stance but like I mean at the beginning of every game everyone takes a knee for Black Lives still happens like to that. It, yeah. yeah it still happens to till now um, what else in cricket a similar thing has happened in cricket um, so currently the West Indies are playing India England sorry in England. And both West Indies and England have Black Lives Matter on their collar, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, the the mm-hmm. like the word Black Lives Matter and the emblem. Um, and they also do the taking of the knee at the start of each game, 
I think. Also, yeah, also with the, the Solidarity Cup. Sorry? Solidarity oh, Cup. Yes, the Solidarity Cup. Yes, the Solidarity Cup, which happened yesterday as of recording. Um, yeah. That a knee was taken um, was a, to support Black Lives Matter. They had they had an armband. Like, a, you know how a captain's, yeah, yeah. Like a captain's yeah. armband is? Like, so they had an armband on their on the on the left arm which read out black lives matter um what else also in the formula one for instance um they like they take a knee before every race i think um in support of black lives matter um not everyone funny enough okay not funny <laughs> interesting interestingly not everyone takes a knee in in that out of the 20 drivers i think there's three who don't take a knee namely um oh, is it three or four i think it's four I think it's Charles Leclerc, um, Max Verstappen, Danny Kvyat, and Kimi Raikkonen. Um, why? Those are such household names, bro. Like, why? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's their choice at the end of the day. And I, and I think it's a thing of, like, they, it's, what can I say? Like, I mean, I think it's a thing of they were give, given the decision to, to do it if they want to. And they chose not to, I think. At the end of the day and i think max did explain it in a tweet and something like that that he supports the whole like he supports the whole black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that but he doesn't feel like he like he doesn't want to take the knee stuff like that like i mean basically but i think he did explain in, in a in an insta in our twitter post or something like that um the other people i didn't find any explanations from them or or, or they they coming out and saying that um or the reasons for not taking a knee basically um what else oh in the nba in the nba the nba is as uh, allowed um players to have i could say justice shirts basically because it's not only black mm -hmm. lives matter so you have i think they're going to have a choice of i'm not 100 percent sure but like they, they can replace their names on their back with um a social injustice basically so either black lives matter either like uh, i think they can have like the names of some of the victims you know i think brianna brianna taylor is it is it brianna taylor, taylor? Yeah. Yeah, brianna taylor um, yeah, it's, george, it's brianna taylor um george george floyd george floyd on their back um and other yeah. people that like i mean you know um whose names or who like social injustices they wanna like put out there i think i don't know who who, who I forgot which NBA star, but I think it's who was it? Was it KD? I think there's there's an NBA there's an NBA star who's who said that they will they choose like they're gonna choose not to have anything on their back as like I don't know if that's a, like I mean it's it's kind of a stance personally I kind of see it as a stance that mine like they're not even having their name on their back it's kind of a stance that like everything matters type of vibe. All of these mm. social injustices, like, oh, that's kind of how I'm interpreting it. Like, all of yeah, these, yeah, yeah. these social injustices that are individually being picked by these, by, by, by the sportsmen, I think, like, they matter, and my name doesn't matter on the back. So, like, because you can't have all of them there, type of vibe. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's how I interpret that. It may be different. He may be, he may have like different reasons to that. And I forgot who it is. Um, yeah, man. Like the many things that are currently happening in the world. Like, and I mean, I think it's it's, it's kind of that time where the whole the whole chat is being had. You can argue, and these organizations, these sporting codes, are kind of reacting towards that and putting out their support. I mean, the I the world rugby had like 
put out a post um, that said that they are unified in solidarity, in solidarity with um, what's this? With the Black Lives Matter movement, um, the ICC did the same. Um, Sky Sports, for instance, did a, a Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter special with Michael Holding and Ebony Rainford Brent. Ebony Rainford Brent it was the first black female cricketer to represent England, you know. Um, and mm. she speaks about her experiences and stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, which is a very powerful, which is a very powerful insert. Um, if you have the time, go check it out. I think it's on YouTube, Sky Sports Cricket. Just search there, Sky Sports Cricket, Black Lives Matter, Michael Holding, or Ebony Rainford Brent, and you'll find that it's a very, very good piece. It's about ten minutes, I think. Yeah, um, like I mean, yeah, the whole Lungingiri thing we've spoken about. Um, more powerful. I don't know if you saw this, uh, Pepsi. Yesterday, um, I think probably one of the most powerful moments within um, the Solidarity Cup, for instance. Like, oh, yes, yes, I saw so, it, I saw it. What am I talking about? Adile. Adile Peshogoyo. Oh, yes, okay. I was trying to catch you off guard, I'm not going to lie. I was trying to catch you off guard, trying to catch you off guard. And yeah, like, if you don't know, like, he took a wicket, like, uh, with because he was bowling, he took the wicket and like he had a shirt underneath that like that wrote Black Lives Matter. Black. And as soon as he took that wicket, like he took like he took his shirt, his playing shirt over his head to show that. And then he put his fist up and then just stood there for like a good five to ten seconds. And then yeah, that was his celebration basically. And like that was for me, that was just like I was powerful. It was, that was big. Powerful. It was big. It. That's the thing. It's, it's one of those moments where you like that was that was pow- I felt that I felt that was powerful. One of those moments that, that kind of move you and give you that solace. That moment, like Ibraz Ziyalo Alavi. But people mm, are fighting. Mm, these guys are fighting. They doing they doing their best. They standing up and they. They're speaking about out about these these things, you know. I mean, even Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, like he's he's been someone who's been very vocal about um, black people within Formula One and the sport, and has done a lot, like to to basically like to to to, to ha- like to bring awareness first of all, and to like um, and to like bring black people up. You know, like to to open up those doors for black people and stuff like that. You know, like I said, there's a Hamilton Commission which he started. I mean, he spoke like he had like numerous conversations, like explaining it. He says he had numerous conversations with um, the um, the managing directors of 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 the of Formula One about what's gonna happen and stuff like that. And a big, another big moment was that like last week in the Styrian Grand Prix. Uh, the second Grand Prix yeah. of the weekend when he won um, up on the podium he had so like in Formula 1 uh, like like when you win like I mean there's the top three that are celebrated and then yeah. like the, there's a team representative from the win, from the winning team that comes and like collects a trophy for the team you know oh, like I, I, I saw the same lady yes so he so he um, what's this he had um, what's this Stephanie Travis who is Zimbabwean born the first black le- the first female black person to stand up on a formula 1 podium now formula 1 has been a sport since 1950 and he was he like he influenced and had like influenced the first black lady to be on a podium stephanie travis is um the fluid engineer 
I think part of Petroleum and works within the Mercedes the Mercedes uh, Formula One team and within Lewis Hamilton's team. Um, yeah, man, I mean, racism is a thing within sports and like these organizations and some of like, I mean, they are doing they are doing things to to be able to fight that. Like, I mean, you even look at the NASCAR, the, the NASCAR organization, they've banned the Confederate flag um, from mm. all of their events and stuff like that. Even that um, the parade after the, that news incident with Bubba Wallace, there was a mm. parade with the, the entire with the entire was this. Nas, the, 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 all the, all of the NASCAR sword. drivers, you know, mm. um, who were showing their support to Baba Wallace, you know, like I mean, I think they were pushing his car like around, like along the the pit straight basically and stuff like that. And that was also another powerful movement. And I think, like for me, uh, that that moment, the fact that, like I mean, I look, I try personally, I try to look at incidences at like from. From China, from different perspectives and stuff like that, you know, trying to look at the impacts and stuff like that, and that 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 moment, you know, that that Baba Wallace parade happened in in Alabama, and you know, but Alabama is 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 a is a state that you can say is, is it's not a secret that like a lot of like a lot of like there's a lot of racial. Um, how do I put it? Like a lot of racists within the state, mm. you know. Mm. Like I mean, mm. there's. I, I remember even seeing a post on what's this on 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 Twitter. Like you know how someone posts something from TikTok, you know. Like mm-hmm. someone on TikTok was like, "Yo guys, if you like, if you ever drive through this town in Alabama, don't stop. Like don't like even if you need to stop for gas, stop for like a bathroom break, don't do it because these people hate black people. Like they hate black people." Type of mm. so like yeah. alabama is not a state that, that it's it's known for its racial incidences let me put it like that yeah and the civil rights movements as well exactly happened in alabama exactly yeah. and for that parade for them to be celebrating a black driver like that in that kind of state i feel as a is a as a big big moment you know at the end of the day but i want to ask you now pepsi like with everything that like that you know that is being done, everything that I've spoken about now, is it enough? To a certain extent, it's not enough, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, tell me why. Tell me why. The reason, the reason why it's not enough is because these things are recurring. All these, all these, all these issues that we've highlighted today are issues that have recurred year in, year out, year in, year out, mm-hmm. which also states and shows that not much is being done because these things happen year in year out since we've had um incidences in 2020 there's going to be incidences in 2021 2022 2023 until something is done until we find proper systems in place to kind of you know raise awareness and provide equality for black people um, as to white people, you know. Mm. So to put them on the equal level, just to put it in better terms. Mm. But yeah, I, personally, I don't think not much has been done. What well, what do you think? I mean, I don't think much is being done. For instance, like the whole campaigns that I mentioned earlier, the UEFA one, the no, say no to racism, the no room for racism. I think it's one of those those campaigns that I mean it's really not enough because you're just showing face. 
type of vibe you mm-hmm. aren't doing or from what we see you seeing you aren't doing enough to be able to do something about this whole situation within racism in sport um even like I look at at, at at rugby like rugby isn't doing enough in south africa in the world i mean for world rugby to just put out a statement and saying ah oh, we stand in solidarity with black lives movement like talk i can create a i, I can create a statement yeah, right now yeah, i can yeah, create a statement yeah. right now and say that i stand in like in, in, in what's this? solidarity, in solidarity yeah. with black lives like and i don't even believe it but i do it for the for instance, like we can post something about as FTS, we can post something about Black Lives Matter, but don't do it because we actually mean it, but do it just to show, to show face, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make it seem that we are actually doing something about it. Something, we, yeah, you know, and because yeah. and that's the thing. I feel like as society, as people, I think we've become too too accepting of these um, these solidarity posts and stuff like that, and not enough action, you know. Um, Time to actually make a change. You know, I go back to what I like to the conversation we're having about the whole Chelsea thing. You know, why shouldn't we hold organizations more accountable for actually doing change that is impactful in people's lives? You know, instead of just ah, cancelling them or standing in solidarity, like standing as a, a dog. Ah, nah. Like yeah. for me, standing in solidarity is it's it's just. It, it's to me it seems like you're just showing face and it's it's the actions that um that you do afterwards that that speak volumes about your actual intentions and about what yeah. you're actually doing yeah. you know i mean like for instance i look at lewis hamilton um he like i mean he went like he, he was part of the marches that were happening in um was black lives means black lives black lives matter uh, marches that were happening in England. He's like done. Uh, what's his, he's created the Hamilton Commission, and he said that like you know social injustices and like putting black people like more in uh, giving black people more equal opportunities is a fight that he is willing and he's going to be like he's going to have even way past his retirement up until his final days. You know. And like, I mean, that type of attitude and you actually see that impact because for instance, like, I mean, you, like he's, he's, he's been well documented that he's, he's had the conversations with Mercedes, he's had the conversations with, with Formula One. And you look at the stance that, um, was this, the Mercedes have made in, in support of him to change the, the, the livery of their car to an, an, a black lives to, a, to, to an all black car you know to, to support black lives matter and to actually put some like to to give a, a, a black woman an opportunity to stand up on a formula one podium you know that's you're actually doing something that is you can actually see the impact that he's he's actually doing you know you can see and he's even calling out teams like ferrari he's calling out he's calling out the teams like all of the teams in the paddock and stuff and and and, and what's this the, um, the drivers in the paddock and saying that yo guys like do something about this like say something mm. because you guys are big organizations ferrari is a big organization within formula one mm. like mm. people mm. joke about this like within formula one a lot like ferrari is formula one and formula one is ferrari like for Formula mm. One to be able to succeed, Formula Ferrari has to be at a good state. Yeah. You know, it's convenient for both parties to be at a like to be at a good place for if both of them um or for, for both of them to be successful. And imagine yeah. if Ferrari being an Italian at an Italian um 
an Italian manufacturer, uh, an Italian company, an Italian manufacturer, to come out and and do more than just take a knee at the beginning of a race. You know, do more than just say we stand in solidarity. The impact that could that could have. The, the conversations that they can actually have within the Ferrari team, within the people in Italy, within like the impact that you can actually have in educating people is so much. And I think that's what we need to do as people. We need to, we need to like raise our expectations from these organizations and not just be satisfied with them just standing in solidarity with them just giving us Twitter posts to Instagram posts about how they support Black Lives Matter, how they stand in solidarity with black people and they're looking to do something about like what's the inequalities that black people face. That's my view at the end of the day. Like, Don't just say you do something. Do something that's actually impactful. And even if you change one person's life, even if you change like one person's opinion or one person who's, who's like, who's racially opinion, like who's, who's a racist and their opinion on that, I mean, you don't know what impact that could have in terms of like what domino effect they could have and like i mean it's all about one of that even if it's, it's it's one of the time i think i remember there was an there was um with the whole sky sports black lives matter special with michael holden he was saying that he doesn't like he doesn't care if the whole movement goes at snail's pace but if there is some like if there is change, if there's something that's actually being done, if people are actually being educated and things are actually like you can actually see actual results, then that's when we are actually moving in the right direction. And that's when we that's when we're actually tackling this issue and not just saying we're tackling this issue. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. I get you. I get you. No. Um Sure. Maybe it's heated, huh? Yeah, it is. It is, it is. But it is a heated debate. It is it is a very hard subject. It's something that is is, is very deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that is it impacts a lot of people's lives. And it's something that you you know, like the impact some of like some of the t- like in some instances you may not even see it on its face value but by just how someone acts but how someone carries themselves you know and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. i can imagine like if you for instance you have as a black person and you working within a, a a racial workplace for instance um do you wake up in the morning and you're gonna resent yourself you're gonna look yourself in the mirror and you'll be like oh shit here we go again you know, you're not gonna be excited about going into your workplace. You, 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 it's eventually, it, it could eventually like make you lose the love that you have for whatever field that you get into. You know, um, and that's and that's the type of impact that like racial inequality and racism can actually have on a person. You know, mm. and that's not something that you can see on a person's face because that same person who's feeling that when they wake up in the morning, they will arrive at that office and put on a smile because they have to they will arrive on that office and and have conversations about like with different people with those racist people even though like they don't want to but they'll still have them because they have to you know type of vibes and they'll go back home and they'll still have those same feelings of feeling down feeling crap you know Mm. and yeah man i think at the end of the day like education is, is is a big thing um, we need to educate ourselves about the whole issue. We need to 
we need to speak about these conversations and that's the reason why we're also having this this episode right now to speak about this these to yeah. open up this conversation and have these conversations because without having them we don't know um who's in la- whose life we can impact we don't know what we can learn from other people you know and once sure. we actually open up these conversations and open up our minds and get into that whole that whole idea of educating ourselves about this whole thing and 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 trying to and trying to stand for what black lives matter stand for then like i mean we can actually make a change in this world you know small like one person at a time if need be but like that change is, is going to be a dominant effect because if i affect one person you affect one person and we all affect one person you know like i mean Imagine it's a pandemic on its own. Exactly. Imagine the lives, the lives we can actually touch, and the people that we can actually impact. In a good way. In a good, in way. A good way, of course, of course. <laughs> in a good way, of course. But yeah, man. Like I mean, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's a long fight. Um, it's a big fight, and I think personally, I would love for more, for more sportsmen, former sportsmen, current sportsmen. To be able to speak up, speak out about the the incidences that they had, they've had, you know, um, so that we can actually have these conversations, so that we can actually be aware of these com- of, of of these incidences. Like, I mean, I go back to the whole Makai and Dini thing, you know. I'm, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Graham Smith wasn't aware of the impact of what he, of his attitude and his behavior was towards Makai and Dini. You know, I'm not trying to justify anything like that, but like I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. You know, but by opening up these conversations, by having these conversations, you know, you you get to realize what impact you have on other people's lives. You get to realize what you are doing wrong and where you may have stepped wrong. You know, and it's all about acknowledging where you you've gone wrong. Like I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that I am, but like I mean, it's. By opening up these conversations, I'm, I'm becoming a better person, you know. By learning about these things, I'm becoming a better person. And you are as well, you know, type of yeah, vibes. So, right. yeah, man. 100%, man. Yeah, that's... I guess that brings an end to today's episode. <laughs> yeah, no, let's 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 end it. Let's end it on that note. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, this was from the Stan Sportscast, episode 8, uh, Pepsi Socials. Bendula.busa on Instagram and Michael Colhane or at Bendula Colhane on Twitter. That's Colhane now. Are you even asking this? These children nowadays. Luchali Apela, guys. Yeah, guys. Make sure you follow us. Michael Colhane is actually a fictional character. But yeah, what are your socials, guys? Make sure you follow from the stand at from the stand sportscast on Instagram, um, at from at FTA sportscast on Twitter. My socials at underscore sundisozza underscore both Instagram and on Twitter. What's my name on Twitter? I think it's that guy with a that guy. It's that guy with a rose and the, the three stars thing. Yeah, make sure you follow the boy. Make sure you you you, you reach out to us and have these conversations. You know, um, I, I'm not saying that I know everything, and I'm not saying that like I mean, uh, I may be wrong in some of the way that I've been thinking. You may disagree, agree with me or Pepsi, um, with the episode that we've had right now. Uh, make sure you hit us up when we actually have this conversation, you know, because these are conversations that need to be have had. 
need to be had and have to be had you know um yeah guys shout Man. out